Hello and welcome to episode 73 of Inside the WDF with me, Andrew Sinclair. I'm fresh off a great weekend in Kalani for the Kalani Darts Festival and both of this week's guests are from that event, the Irish Open champion Luke Littler and the INDO General Secretary Kevin Devaney. First up is Luke who had an absolutely great weekend. He's shown promise in Bridlington, and in, in Wales, he's shown that he can compete in the men's events and he, he made good in Killarney, winning his maiden ranking title in the gold-graded Irish Open. He broke a record held since 2016 by Rusty Jake Rodriguez when he won the Hungarian Masters at age 15. Luke's just 14, believe it or not. Won the Irish Open, played fantastically all day, never in any real doubt, and then defeated long-time Northern Ireland international Barry Copeland 6-2 in the final. He also was runner-up in one youth event during the weekend and he won the other. So a great weekend for the young lad from Lancashire. And we caught up during the weekend to talk his victory, his motivation, how he gets on playing darts while he's at school and much more besides. I'm now delighted to be joined by the Irish Open champion Luke Littler. Luke, how are you? I'm fine, yourself? Not too bad, mate. Congratulations on the win yesterday. Cheers. I know you said you were nervous before the final, but how did you actually feel when you got up on the stage? Well, obviously, going onto the big stage, played the youth and played the men's semis to get to the final, but I need, I need to kind of get two, three legs to settle myself, and obviously I went 3 nil up, which then I was settled. I felt comfortable. Hmm. 5-2, you missed quite a few doubles to, to seal the match. Was there a little bit of doubt creeping in in your mind? There was a bit of nerves going in because if I missed, then he had the darts the next leg. And obviously, I always think if it goes to the last leg, he's won the darts, and then he'll have the darts for the last leg. Yeah, and obviously we saw after you won, tears in your face, yeah. emotions. Talk to me about those emotions. Well, obviously, Eleanor Kearns, she's at 17, just signed by Target. Her mum passed away about a month and, month and a good two weeks ago, but... Cash took me everywhere. When my dad couldn't, obviously she's up there. She wants me and Alan to do the best. Obviously, she's come with Target, which obviously she's deserved. And then obviously we can do what what's best for her. Absolutely, that's lovely. So obviously you were, you were playing during the day yesterday and, and today. You were playing the youths and the men's at the same time. How challenging was that to keep up with everything? It was hard because obviously at one point it was either the men's or the youth, but obviously... I don't know who won, won the youth, but he was, it was all right with him and people wanted to wait. But if it happened again today, obviously I won the men's. I don't think anyone would have wanted to wait <laughs> 35 minutes. But I've won the youth, I've lost the youth, but I'm happy with this weekend. Absolutely, mate. Did you feel that, you know, even though you lost the youth final yesterday, I know some people have said that the, the lights on the stage were really bright and hard to focus. Did having the experience of being on there a couple of times, did that help you for the final? Yeah, so obviously the youth final was first, which I was on first, and then I had the break from because the two ladies semis was on, and then I was on. So it just I didn't play on the stage since the youth. Obviously, I've been playing on big big stages, so I was quite comfortable. Yeah, of course. When you sat down after the game, your phone was going absolutely nuts. Did you manage to get back to everybody yesterday? I managed to get back to everyone. I think I went to bed about half twelve, but the support is just amazing. Absolutely. Interesting stat yesterday. You broke the record for the youngest ever winner 
of a BDO WDF event, yeah. and one of the last guys to hold that record is Michael Van Gerwen, so you're in pretty good company. Yeah. Lakeside, you're confirmed to be there in January. What will it yeah. mean to you to play on that iconic stage in the World Championship? Obviously, the Lakeside, it's been around for many years, since I was born, and obviously I've played on a few stages, but win or lose, it's just all about the experience, because I'm so young, and can't wait for it. Absolutely, I mean, you, you played in the men's events in Bridlington, you played them in Wales as well. Yeah. Did you feel that a run like you produced yesterday was coming? Well, obviously, I got to the quarters of the Open at Bridlington, got to the quarters of the Welsh and then we were coming back on the train I checked the rankings I was and I was 34th so then I messaged my dad saying is there any events coming up he said Ireland, Malta and Italy so then I said let's see how we're doing Ireland and see if we have to go the others but I've secured a spot and I can't wait. Yeah I mean you were supposed to be playing in the, the England youth finals today but yeah. made the decision to go to Ireland when did you actually make that decision was it after Bridlington? Uh, I made it on Wednesday, I think it was Thursday, when obviously I'm at the airport, I'm all checked in, all good to go. So then I let Dave Dudney know, and he was all confirmed and he got a reserve in. Hmm. And I mean, for you, in, in getting into darts originally, how did you first get into it? Funny enough, I was one and a half in a nappy on, on a magnetic board. My dad was filming me, and ever since, I was non-stop as a kid, just practising and practising. But I've only been playing major comps since I was like 10, 11. You're playing bloody well, mate. But I don't imagine you're going to any more WDF events now. You've you've booked your place yeah. before the end of the year, so it's just the big JDC finals for you then. Yeah, on Sunday I'll travel to Gibraltar for the JDC World Cup, the International MVG Masters, and the Big Worlds. Yeah, and I mean, how how important has the JDC all their things they do been for your development? How important has that been? It's good what they do because they have a foundation tour, which is like. No disrespect, but they're not so good players. And then the advanced tours, the big, the big youth names out there. But the foundation tours, there is some players on there, and there's going to be a few in Gibraltar. But Gibraltar should be a good, good Absolutely, weekend. Absolutely, mate. And I mean, obviously, you are still only fourteen, which is ridiculous, really. Yeah. But how have your school been with you travelling to darts here, there, and everywhere? They've been pretty accommodating. They've been fine with it, obviously. The put it down on the register as a sporting activity and all the teachers get involved, they all message me and they all message me dad and they all watch it. Nice one mate. Well congratulations again and look forward to seeing you in January at Lakeside. Yep, cheers. It was lovely to, to chat with Luke while we were over in Ireland and I have to say I was hugely impressed by the lad all weekend. After he lost the open youth final to, to Adam D he just came and sat down I was on the same table as him, he just came and sat down got his phone out, was playing a game on his phone and just took it all in his stride. Luke averaged 95 in the youth final, Adam averaged 91 and Luke was just like, you know, it is what it is, sometimes you lose those games. Right attitude completely, he then went up there, smashed the semi-final, he said he had nerves before the final but there was no sign of it, Lad played absolutely tremendously, he's now into a seeded position for Lakeside and I can't wait to see him there. And a couple of people I spoke to during the weekend, they were saying, you know, how do you think he'll go? How far do you think he can go? I don't know. You know, he's only 14, making his debut there. It's a lot of pressure, probably going to be a lot of expectation. But I think he's got the right attitude, the right mindset, and he plays in the right way. And I think that set format will probably suit the boy. And I think he could go quite deep. Also, just, you know, when I was talking to him, 
he got quite emotional talking about um, Kath Cairns, the mum of young Eleanor Cairns, and it was just lovely to to hear him kind of be so in in the moment and and so uh, I don't know reflective about what she's meant and the, the influence she's had on him and obviously her sadly passing away not that long ago. He's got a good head on his shoulders and I think he's surrounded by good people. Paul Mitchell. Um, thrower from Liverpool was with him. Paul's a good lad, good player in his own right as well. Um, and I think Paul was, you know, a good pl- good person to have around him. And actually, Paul was quite busy on the Saturday because Luke was playing in the youth and the men's at the same time. And Paul was doing a bit of a a running job between the events, sort of saying, right, Luke's playing. He's two 0 up. He'll be with you in a minute. And then Luke could run across, play that game, and then run back across. And yeah, the lad absolutely smashed it. And can't wait to see what he can achieve next year and beyond. The other titles during the weekend went to Anastasia de Bromislova, who won the Irish Open and sealed her lakeside spot with a 5-4 win against Dieter Hedman. Anastasia was more or less qualified anyway through the points she's accumulated during the season. Um, certainly not the first final she's been in this year, been in a few, but finally got over the line and picked up a title in 2021. So she's guaranteed to be there and have a decent seeding. And then on the Sunday, the classic titles went to Scotland, Sean McDonald and Dieter Hedman. Now, I followed Sean around all day on the Sunday, so basically every dart he threw, and I was buzzing for the boy. Obviously, he was signed by a big five management after the interview I did with him earlier this year. So it was nice to actually catch up and actually meet him for the first time, but also just kind of see him do well and obviously reward the faith they've put in him. He had a bad day on the Saturday, got knocked out in the second round, but I think he did the right thing. He just sort of left the venue and went off and did his own thing on Saturday. But that meant on Sunday he had a clear, refreshed head, super focused, and he just did what he needed to do. He beat what was in front of him in every round. The toughest test he had was in the last 64, I think it was. I can't remember the guy's name, but the bloke was playing tremendously well. He was 2-0 and 3-2 up against Sean, but Sean just kept his head down never got flustered and then pinned 13 and 14 darters the last two legs to win it 4-3. Last 32, I scored his game against Neil Duff and he just couldn't miss. Hit every double in that game, four out of four on the doubles, absolutely superb. Last 16, quarterfinal, both scrappy games. He definitely wasn't at his best, but he did what he needed to do. Uh, It was quite funny as well. He walked on initially for the final of the, the Classic to... What's the story, Morning Glory by Oasis? And uh, the people we were sat with weren't super happy with that song and uh, requested its change. So I'm pretty sure Sean is now stuck with Old MacDonald Had a Farm. So I look forward to hearing that at Lakeside, should he be there in a couple of months' time. In that classic final against Josh Rock, Sean really stepped it up. But I want to touch on Josh Rock because he impressed me no end throughout the weekend. Neil Duff spoke about Josh on the podcast a couple of months ago and I knew Josh was a decent player but he was blistering all weekend. Banged in a 111 average on the stage against Nick Falwell in the Classic and over the course of the weekend he was in the semis of the warm-up competition on the Friday, quarter-finals of the Open on the Saturday and final of the Classic on the Sunday. I cannot wait to see more of him on the tour because he is a proper, proper player with real, real ability. The Women's Classic was won by Dita Hedman, who picked up the 220th title of her career and the fifth of the season 
on her 62nd birthday, which was lovely. She looked in complete control of the final against Corin Hammond. The result was never really in any doubt from the first couple of legs. Um, I was actually staying with Dieter and Shaw and the rest of the Big Five team, as well as Anke Zilstra and Maggie Sutton during the weekend. And we had a lovely roast dinner on the Sunday to celebrate Dieter's birthday. And obviously the, the titles very much made it a super Sunday. Um, I can't speak highly enough of the, the company I was with for the weekend or the event itself. From my perspective, it all ran super smoothly. The Glen Eagle was a quality venue and there were some great darts and great players. Um, and 100% would love to go back again next year and you know years after that. I spoke to the Irish National Darts Organisation, the INDO General Secretary Kevin Devaney, about the event kind of trying to work with the COVID restrictions in Ireland while they were planning how many people it takes to set up an event like that, his ambitions for the Irish Open next year and much more besides. I'm now delighted to be joined by the General Secretary of the INDO, Kevin Devaney. Kevin, how are you? I'm very well, and doing yourself? I'm good, thank you. hope you're recovered now after the, the events of the weekend. How did you feel that the festival went in Kalani? I think it went well. Um, you know, with COVID and everything, we, we managed it well. Um, you know, there were still restrictions in Ireland, and you know we got on with it. And the hotel, I think, did a good job with it as well. I know Ireland sort of unlocked after we did in the UK, and there obviously were still some restrictions. So, how close to the the event was it that you got the final go ahead that yeah we can actually have the event? Well, the twenty second of October meant to open up a bit more. Um, there's meant to be no mass, no COVID certificate in the venue. So, But unfortunately, um, before that, the 20th um, of October, the government announced that the still needs to be in place and masks and all that. But up until that, we were still going ahead. And uh, after the 20th then, we kind of you know, had to adjust a few things. And unfortunately, we lost a few players uh, because we need COVID certs and need to be fully vaccinated. But yeah, and North days was kind of not going to happen, but you still had a bit of doubt in your head as well. Like. Oh, for sure. And how was the, the turnout relative to your expectations? Well, I suppose around March, April time, I put down prediction figures um, for all events. And uh, in the men's, yeah, in, in, in all tournaments, we were above that, well above that. And um, in, the, in the ladies, we're probably a bit short, but... Um, I think that's kind of been hit in all tournaments around the around the world that the ladies are a bit short. But you know, I think in the long run, the ladies' numbers will uh, pick up because they're getting more opportunities and the, and the money is good there for them as well. And what did you make of the the standard on show throughout the weekend? Well, you know, I was getting a bit worried about it because in, in Ireland, you know, we haven't been back much playing, uh, so say, live darts in venues uh, in places. So I was a bit worried about that. But from the games that I've seen on the floor and stage, um, it was incredible. Um, like we had 111 uh, average on stage by Josh Rock. So, uh, yeah, I was extremely delighted the players played well and, uh, you know, it was a good turnout of that as well. Yeah, and a, a nice win for Ireland as well on the youth final on Saturday with Adam D. Yeah, yeah, obviously it would be nice to have a few more of our own wins, but, you know, that's, that's down to the players themselves and... Um, and Adam D got one uh, over the line for us, which was good. And uh, cracking, cracking youth player as well. And I mean, we're seeing quite a few Irish, you know, Irish youngsters last couple of years coming through. The likes of Keen Barry, Kieran Tehan, 
Katie Sheldon was in the youth final on Sunday. Who else that you've seen on that the Irish scene is coming through that we should be looking out for? Obviously, uh, we, we've never been short of youths. We've been very, very, very good in that department. But um, was, uh, Ben McCaffrey is is there. Um, you know, I still think he hasn't reached his full potential. Um, uh, Robbie Kern, a uh, great youth player as well. You know, we have a, we have a lot of youths there in Ireland that are you know we'll be stepping it up, I suppose, in the next year or two that, that can uh, do well. Yeah, definitely. And something I wanted to ask, obviously you were sort of responsible for, for overseeing the event and stuff, but you had a big team with you in the INDO. How much how much prep work actually goes into running an event like that, but also the setting up, the taking down the whole weekend? Oh, I'm sure everyone will know anyone that runs these formats. There's a lot of preparation that goes behind the scenes that, you know, that doesn't be seen, but... um. Yeah, months and months and end. Anyways, um, Noel Redmond, the chairman, you know, took took responsibility of uh, building our, our own setup. I suppose the last festival we had, we were renting out, uh, you know, setup. But this time we we built our own. Well, Noel built his own for the INDO, and you know, he came down on Wednesday and set it up uh, downstairs and uh, upstairs as well. So that took a lot of time and effort. But the organizing, you know, for entries and draws, you know, that kind of left me and paperwork. But um, on the day, then we, you know, all the, the team, the volunteers and the INU officials pulled together, and you know, I still think we were short a few bodies, but you know, what we had, we, we pulled it off well, I thought. Oh, hundred percent. And obviously, it's all voluntary as well. So those people are giving up all their time to ensure that the event runs smoothly and everybody gets the opportunities that were on offer. Yeah, everyone, everyone here is just a volunteer. You know, we're we're in, we're in for the love of that. So looking back for you then, how did you get into darts originally? Um, how did I get into darts? Well, down to my, my mum. She got into a pub um, here in Ireland, in Galway, and um, I kind of went watching, and I kind of just got into it myself and um, started playing a bit in my own county. And I probably came in an official body too early because I was a handy enough youth player, but... Um, Got into the official side, so my game kind of took a backseat. But you know, I, I don't, I don't mind that. I'll, I'll push on ahead. And I was elected on my county boards, and um, you know, I was kind of put forward for the INDO when I was about twenty-one, and I was on it for about maybe two years. Kind of had to uh, resign at the time because um, I was, I was going into college to become a teacher, so that kind of that had to come a priority. And in two thousand sixteen, um, I was poached to come back again. And uh, I was more or less made general secretary from then onwards, and I'm still here. I know it. Uh, I I keep saying for my sins, but I do I do I do enjoy it. But it's sometimes you don't enjoy it. <laughs> so how did you get into the the official side, the, the behind the scenes side, as as it were, at such a young age? Uh, county death, county death. Um, my county AGM. Um, uh, a few resigned, and uh, you know I was put nominated onto the job as an assistant secretary, uh, you know, I said, you know, chill avoid, you know, not that I wouldn't be expected to do much. And then, you know, there, as as problems happened in all counties, a uh, secretary resigned and I had to go in and take that job. And it just came natural to me, really. And um, I and Joe kind of saw me and saw the county saw me and they put me forward. And that's how I kind of got into that, that side of things. With the INDO, the Irish Open kind of came back onto the, the calendar in 2019 how much of a priority was it then to get an event on on what was at the time the bdo calendar 
it started off where when we're at the Six Nations and we saw all other countries putting out their flyers and they're opening up about their opens and we said, you know, we're the only ones here that didn't have a festival and open. So I, I you know, we kind of got to talking and thinking about it and we knew the Glen Eagle Hotel is one of the best in, in the country and we, you know, in our simple email, we approached them and uh, after that, then a month later, we had a discussion in 2018. And then I approached the BDO at the time about a date, free date, uh, with, with the help as well, with uh, you know looking at free availability with Paul James from England as well. You know, he knew he knew what dates were for you as well. But the November date suited Ireland as well because um, summertime is very hard to get a date in, in Ireland. So you know we got the date and we pl- ploughed on and we got a category A plus at the time uh, for November. And you know we had the I think it was a seed the last time as well, so very happy that we got we got 19 anyways, and we were we were going to clown head with 2020 with the WDF and a BDO as well. But um, you know BDO is at the minute is folded, so we're with the WDF, and um, we were approached for a gold event for the 20 fest, 2020 festival and 21 festival. So we're glad that we were approached for it. Now it's kind of up to us. To keep it a gold event, uh, and you know that is a, a high priority for us to do this. Hmm. And obviously, we got the the great story at Killarney on Saturday. Fourteen year old Luke Littler getting a place at Lakeside through the Irish Open. Are you pleased? You know, uh, you know, as someone who's in an official position with a, a national body, are you pleased with the direction the WDF are trying to take the tour and take the events in? Absolutely. Absolutely, the way the WDF are going are the, are the right right way of going about it. You know, I know that they're all giving their time and effort as well, like ourselves. Uh, but the, their direction and their plan, and it's for the players, you know. And, you know, they, they have to start off somewhere, and they're making the right moves. Um, so, like, you know, they have the World Championship uh, in January, back in Lakeside. I know I saw a few giving out for prize funds and everything, but it has to start off somewhere, and as long as it increases and not goes down, that's the main priority. So you're saying that next year you're definitely looking to not only keep the Open but keep that gold status? Yeah, well, that's, that's a high priority of ours. You know, we need to keep a gold event um, in, in our area. So we know that is a priority for us and with the hotel as well. So we're already in discussions um, with the hotel and if needs be, we have to put more money into the festival. That will be the case. And, you know, uh, you know, all festivals run independently, but you know we're all nearly against each other as well now, trying to make ours better, or put out more money, or, or keep it a gold event, or try to get a gold event. So, for the idea in Ireland is, is a high priority to get a gold event, and um, hopefully I did everything I can in my power to make Nick Rose see what the Glen Eagle and what the idea can and are capable of doing. Mm, definitely, and something I noticed during the weekend was that you know there were so many. Good quality Irish players, you know, who've played for the national team before or play county in Ireland, but they never really seem to travel and do the tour. Is there, you know, as far as you understand it, do you know that there's a reason why Irish players tend not to travel too much? Yeah, they never really did the BDO circuit. I suppose we've had a few going. We, you know, there's always a few going to the Isle of Man Festival, Welsh Open, uh, them two anyways, but. But the most committed one was John O'Shea. He did, he's done the fest, uh, the tour, and um, you know he, he he won the World Masters. 
but he, his qualification to the world, to get to the World Masters was through the Irish system because uh, he won the Irish Masters. But I, I really don't know, understand why they're not travelling anymore. I suppose you know flights to other places and commitments and all that. We have a we have a tough uh, calendar ourselves here in Ireland uh, with the ranking system. We don't really have averages. We do a ranking system, so that might put them off a bit as well. But hopefully, you know, with WDF, the way they're going forward, it might encourage more and more to do it. Because, like, it's, it's, you know, there's good benefits and rewards out of in the long game. 100%. And there's certainly, from what I saw, there are players there who would do very well if they did go and travel. You talk about your, your ranking system in Ireland. How does your calendar work in terms of the, the rankings? Well, we, we run nearly a tournament every month. Um, one about one or two months maybe, but we had, it's about maybe seven weekends, and we have a few, few um, All Ireland on top of that as well, the team events. But the players are, are fighting against each other for points, so there, it's a knockout tournament in the men's and round robin the ladies. Same with the youths, round robin and a knockout. So they're just generating points, generating points in every tournament, and uh, whoever's on top of the points are on the team uh, for the next event. So. Um, yeah, it, it does be tough as well because if you miss one, it can set you back big time. And what's the plan for, for next year in tr- in terms of selecting a, a team for the Euro Cup? Are you hopeful that you'll be able to get back to the rankings so you can pick a team? Well, what we're going to do is we're going to hold on the team that did qualify. Um, I think there might be one or two changes because of, well, some of them, one, one or two of them are went to the PDC and our tour cards. And, and all that but to reevaluate and look at that but you know we had a team qualified already and it's very hard to go and tell them that you didn't now you're being that's been taken away from you so we're going to keep that squad in place and um you know we're, our rankings are all going well or starting back in two weeks time so the next season is going to be just a bit longer than normal to qualifying for that for ireland but you know you know i'm sure the players would understand the position we're in but you know, we, we, we just couldn't turn away players that actually had qualified. I don't, you know, they, they put in a full year circuit and qualified and then COVID came about. So we, you know, we, we can't do that to them. I totally understand that. And in terms of the event next year, we saw, you know, the Welsh Open, the, the British Open, they use the, the Dark Connect system and there is a partnership between the WDF and Dark Connect. Is that something you will look to try and introduce next year if you can? Yeah, yeah, we've been have been in discussion with, discussion with them. Um, there's only a few places that Dark Connect is happening in Ireland, so it'll be a, you know the high investment, but it's something that we look we look at uh, no doubt. Uh, but I still to be worried about the technology. Um, you know things can freeze up and internet and uh, can delay things. So I, I am someone that needs to know 110% that it's the right way, or or we just stick with our tournament cards which the tournament cards kind of worked well, I thought, anyways. But yeah, Dark Connect is the way. Just kind of have to be 110% sure you're happy to go with it and you know there's a problem that you're able to fix it. Well, yeah, I thought, personally, the card system worked very well and I had a fantastic time and hopefully we'll be able to come back next year. So congratulations to you and the whole team, really. Thanks, Andrew, thanks. And thank you for your time. And I wish you the best with getting the team together and obviously the, the, hopefully the return of international events for, for Ireland next year. Thanks, Sandra. It was lovely chatting to Kevin. The events can't run without people like Kevin and his team. 
and they did a sterling job and hats off to the, all of them you know that, that fantastic job i thought the card system worked perfectly well uh and you know just super easy yes you always have the issues of people not chalking and stuff but it is what it is i don't think there were too many problems during the weekend and honestly cannot recommend the event highly enough if, if you've never been 100 percent, try and go next year and i mean one of the reasons i want to go back is the fact i actually got a leg on the board uh during the weekend which was a surprise to me more than anybody else i think i actually probably should have had two legs on the board in my game on saturday played reasonably well second day i was feeling that you know quite confident i've been practicing with sean mcdonald before my game was playing pretty well in practice as you know throwing quite a few decent scores um but never really got going against Damien Hennigan who to his credit is an absolutely class player he got to the last 32 both days uh, and was just far too much for me averaged just over 80 and the last leg won it with a 1-2-5 out outer ball treble 20 double 20 absolutely superb player and lovely bloke to chat to as well we had a chat afterwards and a chat during the day honestly quality player and I hope to see him again at events in the future during the weekend I was using some darts Jim McEwen had sent me down after his recent appearance on the podcast and they went tremendously well so yeah I've got motivation and I'm looking forward to the game with Alex Moss from the weekly darts cast at Lakeside that's going to be a a fun addition to the weekend in January Beyond the Irish Open, it was a busy weekend on the circuit. There was Malta last week, last Thursday, uh, where John Desremo of Belgium, the Killer B, won his first career ranking title. Uh, he averaged in the 90s, I think it was 92, 93, hit 4 180s in winning the Malta Open final against friend of the show, John Scott. It's great to see John find a, a run of form in Malta uh, and speaking to him, Earlier today, he was saying that the way he played in Hungary and Malta has done a world of good for his confidence. So that can only be good for, for the final couple of events of the season for John. During the weekend, there was the Seacoast Open in Massachusetts, which was another gold-graded event. And that saw Jules Van Dongen, the Dutch Dragon, and Paula Murphy secure their places at Lakeside. Both Jules and Paula were already in provisional qualification spots through the regional ranking tables, but their wins in the gold event obviously sealed them. Jules won the men's event courtesy of a 6-4 final win against Kevin Luke, while in the ladies' event, Paula beat Danny Warmack 6-2 in the final. So only one more event in America this season. That's the bronze-graded Oregon Open this coming weekend. Danny Walmack can get into the ladies' top 16 if she wins the event, but obviously that would be dependent on the ladies just above her. So that's uh, the likes of Maria O'Brien, uh, Laura Turner, not getting any more points before the end of the season. So it is possible, but not 100% sure. It's worth bearing in mind, though, that for the men, the American men, I think there are currently four American men in provisional qualification spots for Lakeside. So that's Jules Van Dyen. Uh, Leonard Gates, Kevin Luke, the, the finalist in the Seacoast, and Jason Brandon, who was on the show earlier in the year. So I know Matt Stoner from the ADO, who's been on the show before, he was saying he was hopeful of a large American contingent at Lakeside in January, and it looks to be that he's going to get that, which is obviously fantastic. Australia also finished their season this past weekend with the Challenger Classic in Birkdale, Queensland. 
Raymond Smith was brilliant once again, winning his second title of the year. He banged in a 100 average in the last 16, just a 98 in the quarterfinals, an average 94.85 in the final against Jeremy Fagg. Raymond's off to, to Ali Pali in December, so obviously that means he can't go to Lakeside. And as such, his invite will go to Donovan Lottering, who's third on the Australian ranking table. Second on the Australian ranking table, therefore also into Lakeside, is Jeremy Fagg. Well, for the ladies, their representative will be Tori Kewish. She wasn't in Queensland for the Challenger Classic, but neither was Maureen Homer, who was the only person who could mathematically catch her. Without them there, the title was won by former Australian youth international Vanessa James, who defeated Vivian Matson 6-2 in the final. I look forward to seeing Jeremy, Donovan and Tori in England in January. The tour rolls on this weekend and the events now have an added significance. There was some doubt about whether the the Czech Open silver graded event would go ahead. I know there's talk of more COVID restrictions in the Czech Republic, but it looks like, as far as I can tell, it's still going on and there's going to be a field of 360 or so for the men and 70-ish for the women. It takes on added significance because the WDF and the NDB announced earlier today that the World Open, the final gold-graded event of the season set for December the 4th, has had to be cancelled as a result of the lockdown currently imposed in the Netherlands. With that out the way, that now means there's only six events before the cut-off for this season on the 28th of November, and that's the Czech Open, the Oregon Open, and then two double-headers, one in Italy and one in Russia. Covid restrictions have also meant that the WDF and the NDB have had to make a change to the World Championship qualifiers, the playoffs. There will now be two separate playoffs, one in Assen, one at Lakeside, running concurrently on the 5th of December. Both will afford two places for the men and one place for the women's to the qualifiers. So the last two men and the last lady will get into Lakeside from both of those, and both are open to the whole world. So... If you were going to travel, you can now choose to go to England or you can choose to go to the Netherlands. Maybe European-based players will prefer to go to the Netherlands and obviously the British players, it's going to be a lot easier for them to to just go to Lakeside on December the 5th. The World Youth will also be split between those two locations with the final two boys from the day's play in both England and, and Holland and the final girl from the play in both countries going ahead to the final stages of the youth's competitions at Lakeside. There is obviously now, as I say, a lot more interest and a lot more pressure on, on the Czech Open. I was speaking to, to John Scott earlier today about how what he needs to do in, in the Czech and Italy to, to get the relevant points. But, I mean, looking at the table, you can see there are a number of players who were in provisional qualifying spots for a long, long time who now haven't got them, so the likes of Jordan Brooks or Lee Schuen. Not in those places anymore, but they're both travelling. So they'll obviously be eyeing up points. I know Sean McDonald and, and John O'Shea are going to the Czech Open. Sean is currently in a provisional spot, but wants some more points, so he's certain. While John O'Shea is outside the qualification places, so obviously he needs a run in Prague to, to hope of making a return to the World Championships. 
Certainly a lot to play for in all of those events. Look forward to following them closely. And I'll be back with another bumper episode of the podcast next week. Hopefully three guests from around the world lined up. But in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at amsinclair97. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Inside the WDF. You can like the Facebook page Inside the WDF. You can rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll see you next time.